All right, you ready? This is the Trail Runners Experience. I'm your host, Daniel Ferrugia. Let's go. Hi guys, Daniel here. Just wanted to talk to you a little bit about Infinite Nutrition. So Infinite is a product that I've been using for some time now and it is the best sports drink on the market. The best thing about it is you can customize it to whatever you like. You can change the flavors, you can change how strong the flavors are, you can add a bit of caffeine, you can add more uh, carbohydrates, less carbohydrates. You could even add a bit of protein if you're that way inclined. The sky's the limit. And look, if you don't actually understand what you should be drinking and what you should be putting into your body when you're running, you can just call the guys up at Infinite and they will take you through the whole process, which is what I love. And they're heaps friendly and they know exactly what they're talking about. If you go to their website and you put in the discount code DRU at the checkout, you will get a 10% discount. It's worth a try. Absolutely love it. Infinite. Go? Yeah. Let's do it. Awesome. All right. Welcome to the Trail Runners Experience. It's myself, Ashley Drew, Daniel Faruga, and Hello. today we've got today we've got two guests from the USA. So nighttime in the USA. It's uh, it's one p.m. on Tuesday here in Australia. And I think it's 8 p.m. Monday night in the USA, and we've got Amanda and Joel with us, and their last name's Stetler, is that correct? Yeah. Excellent, because in, in all my podcasts yeah. now, I've just got everyone's name wrong, so I might <laughs> as well keep it, continue with that tradition. <laughs> nice to meet you, uh, and, and No. Nice to meet you both. Yeah. Nice to meet you guys. And my understanding is you're both training for the, the New York Marathon, is that correct? Yeah, we're both training for the New York City Marathon on November 3rd. November 3rd, so not far away now, only, geez, that's only four weeks. Four, five oh, years. I know. Yeah, five <laughs> really close. I'll bet it is. Right. Yeah. Fantastic. And then, and Joel, you've got a bit of a story to go with, with, uh, with your tackling of this, and I'm sure Amanda does too. Um, yeah, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. So um, would you like to tell us what your story is? Well, so, I mean, I guess uh, just starting with why uh, New York this year, um, it's because uh, the opportunity came up just a few weeks ago um, the Brave Like Gabe Foundation put the word out, um, hey, would anyone like to raise some money for us? We've got some race bibs available. Um, and th that was such a great opportunity for us to, you know, kind of kind of bite and, and go for it because I am in now my, my fourth year of cancer treatment. And uh, Brave Like Gabe is a foundation which raises money for a rare cancer research and uh, uh, my my cancer is a, uh, a type of sarcoma that makes up I guess less than 1% of all cancer cases and so I mean yeah you could you could call it underfunded and uh, under researched and and so uh, when Amanda told me she was the one who kind of opened me up to brave like Gabe and what they do and it was just perfect because she's a she's a kinesiologist and so running is a really big deal in our family and um yeah i mean the timing was right i, I was actually just did the san francisco marathon with my buddy and um so i had a little bit of training under my belt still and yeah so that just worked out that's awesome amazing to hear i mean i think um i'm I agree with that. Awesome, but in not in the not in the positive sense. It must be a real challenge, and um, and so you're obviously both fit people. You, have you always been runners? Like, 
has running been a new thing for you? Um, for I'll open it out to both Amanda and John. Have you both been runners for a long time? Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. I, um, I, I would say I've been a runner for most of my life, like high school, ran cross country, you know, always enjoyed running, but I mean, I'm sure Joel will attest to this. When and we met, he was pretty much as far from a runner as you could get. Um, right. Thought I was crazy for wanting to go out and run long distances. Um, and that's what's kind of magical, though, about distance running, because I remember him coming and watching me run. Gosh, it was a half marathon a long, long time ago, like in 2008, I believe. And he just got hooked. He was like, there is something amazing watching so many people voluntarily going out and doing something so hard, but doing it together. No, no, no. You know what? And Sorry. That day from- Sorry to interrupt you. But what, what was so cool about watching that was finally I have found a sport where you didn't have to win and everybody still cheered for you. Yeah. That's so yeah. awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. So honestly, it's fun because ever since then, ever since then, we really have been running together. Like before his cancer diagnosis, through his cancer diagnosis, like up to today, like we still run together, and it's a, a really beautiful like hobby to share. I think. Yeah, that's a it would be. I think. Um, so. Uh, back to you, Joel. We're, it feels like we're jumping through a few things here quickly. But so, does, has running, or how has running helped you with cancer? Um, like, has it, has it helped you cope with cancer, I should say? Well, so, I mean, if you go back to where, like, the diagnosis occurred, and even before that, I remember um, when I was just getting really serious into running and i mean when i say really serious for me that's doing any running at all um and so yeah like 10 years ago i i was just like really excited to you know get you know get a few miles in and and get good at it and uh so but i was getting serious and i noticed um my uh my leg my right leg was getting like bigger and i thought oh i'm just favoring the right side and so um i started this habit where even when i go up stairs i would like skip stairs with my left leg to offset that and like that's still a tick i have even though turned out that was cancer growing in my leg and not some weird muscle wow and and uh we went and saw a doctor I remember because Amanda uh, became pregnant with our our oldest child Layla and uh, suddenly you know longevity seemed to matter a bit more so we uh, saw a doctor and he's like well that's odd and and sent us to UCSF right away and um, so we went to San Francisco and, and had an oncologist look at my leg and you know, he was saying like, "Oh, you got a hematoma there. You're you're a competitive athlete, and you do triathlons, so you you fell off your bike and wow. injured yourself." And uh, and I was like, "Well, yeah. I, I mean, I did a triathlon and um, came in like last in my age group. So, I mean, I guess you could say I'm a triathlete, but I I really didn't think that was it. Like he's like, "No, you you don't have cancer." And Amanda, I mean, outright asked does he have cancer and he's like no it's just a hematoma wow so they they and the the thing about it was i actually did have a hematoma and they they drained it for me and sent me on my way and they said this will probably fill back up and you know check it out in five years so five years later um amanda had just given birth to our third child drake um which at this point i feel like i should mention our middle child too milo yeah. Um, so you have three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Drake. Drake was our our third. Shout out and, to Moira. Um, Shout out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't leave out the middle child. Well, so so Drake um, was born, and suddenly you know we've got three kids, and and my leg was as big as ever. So a doctor then in Denver looked at it and said, you know, my friend, you got you've got something serious there, and. 
she dug around and did some biopsies and I'll never forget it. It was uh, like the day before Thanksgiving 2015 when I got a voicemail from my doctor to call right away. And so I called and um, the the results said I had this cancerous thing going on and um, they brought me in and I, we actually had um, the kid because we didn't think it was going to be all that bad. Yeah. And um, so the five of us were in the room. Amanda was holding our, our baby who was just a couple months old. And um, the doctor had these like med school students with her who were there like observing. And so the room was packed when oh. she was telling me I had cancer and that it had spread to my lungs. And um, it was, I, I remember just becoming absolutely numb and um in complete like crisis management mode so that like i set my clock to that moment now we we all do in our family like everything is before that day and after that day and um you know there were there was treatments i got on a, a great study at the uh at cu denver and um you know, treatment went underway. I, I lost all my my hair to chemo, and yeah. you know, being being well over two hundred pounds, I look like a giant thumb walking around. <laughs> and then um, <laughs> I had a lung surgery. Um, you know, it's just the whole gamut of of treatments. And well, the thing about that was um, my thirty second birthday, which was September uh, before I was diagnosed. I don't know, some, uh, you might call it midlife crisis, I don't know, um, but something hit me and I decided, well, this is the year I'm going to run my age in miles. And um, since we had that newborn baby, I was already up at 2 a.m., so I, I just went for it. We had a great trail system in Denver. Yeah. Um, and I did my 32-mile run, and, you know, it was a really big deal, and I was really proud of that. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be, like, the thing I do every Every year and it just gets a little harder every year and um that's gonna be like my thing well then i got diagnosed with cancer and you know all the chemo and um then the lung surgery which was was a fail in and of itself because they you know when i came out of that they said yeah we didn't get it all and we probably never will yeah um so then my next birthday it was the weirdest thing just by chance the um, the sarcoma foundation that, that funded a lot of the the research at, at the hospital I was treated at um, the sarcoma foundation was having this uh, 5k fun run as a fundraiser on my birthday in Denver and I mean it was just so cool all my friends were there and we did this 5k and it was like the hardest run I had ever done to just eke out 5k um, but I, I remember just being so happy to finally like wear a race number again and get to run um, with all my friends. And once again, I didn't win, but everybody was cheering. And um, we all had matching t-shirts that said, bring back the beard on it. Cause <laughs> you, had no you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that like all of those memories mashed up into one. Um, yeah. I just sort of carry those when I run and when I think about running and, you know, on a, on a really good long run, when you're just kind of inside your brain and forget that your feet are even touched in the ground, yeah. um, every like important moment and important person you've ever talked to and important experience, you just sort of relive all of that. And you know, on a good run, I I, I relive it all, like the good and the bad and the really good and the really bad, and so. If I didn't have something like that um, to to kind of channel all of that focus, I I mean I don't know what what I would be now because like I it's weird to say I, I I like who I've become as a result of all the cancer related experiences. You know, it's it's been really eye opening for us, and um, yeah. I don't know if I would like the person I had become if I had never been diagnosed. Um, 
Yeah. I, it, it's a weird experience that uh, I, I, a lot of cancer patients I've talked to can relate to because we wouldn't wish the experience on anybody. But um, yeah, my friend told me about this book um, that he had read, which I still haven't read, but the, the concept that the obstacle becomes the path. Um, and where you, you just take on the, the obstacles and embrace them and experience them. And that's just how Amanda and I have decided to approach life. Um, but having a good, um, you know, run in front of us, yeah. um, really, it just becomes a, a great medium to kind of hash all that out. Um, just yeah. a question. Sorry, this is directed at, um, at both yourself joel and to ashley because you both as you would know and our listeners know ashley also has cancer and so my Mm -hmm. and as and i feel very lucky and fortunate to be to have my health and i am grateful for it each day and i i just want to know like what gets you out of bed and i'll start with ash how's that Make it a bit easy. So, Ash, what gets you out of bed, mate? Mate, uh, family gets me out of bed, <laughs> one. Um, and, and the other one, I don't mean that literally. Um, you know, like getting up and, and, and having a chat with family, etc. And um, the, the other thing is sunrise and sunset. Like, I just, I love to see sunrise and sunset, which... Um, uh, I don't publish those photos so much, but I certainly photograph sunrise and sunset each day. And, um, yeah, especially running and, you know, like running from the dark and then the sun comes up or, or the reverse. Um, and, and as I said to someone the other day, I said I love to watch the bats get up in the morning or go to bed in the morning and get up at night. So, um, which I do see a lot because there's a lot of bats around my place. So, um, yeah, it's quite quite interesting. How about you, Joel? So for me, um, it, yeah, with with the kids and with Amanda, it, every everything has been just louder since being diagnosed, and um, you know all the senses have been heightened. And so, watching my kids grow up is just that much more meaningful. And I don't want them to look back and feel like I I could have done more. Um, and so, you know, I, I want them to, to look back and remember, you know, dad got up, dad went to work, dad worked hard and, you know, dad spent time with us, dad got down on the floor with us, and, you know, all of that. Um, but then, you know, the thought of being like a cool story somebody gets to tell um, is a really big, big thing for me. Um, I tell my students um, every day, you know, you don't want to be the reason somebody has a bad story to tell, um, at dinner, you know, after school, like, oh, this kid was mean to me at school. Um, I tell my students be, be the reason someone has a great story to tell about how you help them learn something or, you know, you were nice to them on the playground and, you know, things like that. And so for me, it's, I just, I, I want to be a, a, a positive, memorable experience for the people I talk to. Um, and that's, uh, you know, those are things I think about, um, you know, how can I make, yeah. gosh, it seems so cliche, but how can I make today matter? Yeah. Um, cause, uh, you know, wasted time is, it's so sad and it, it's no way to live. And, you know, when, when we kick up our feet at the end of the day, are we proud of what we put behind us? Exactly, and it's not. Yeah, I, I think that's not restricted to people who have a terminal illness. You know, like it's the same for everybody. I think that's a really great way to live your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're agreeing there, man. So, Sorry, Ash. I'll shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a, I have a question for Amanda. Um, so okay. I've been searching for other people who run. And, and have cancer mm-hmm. and I've now found yourselves and I found another a gentleman who's actually running as we speak um, in a six day event right here now um, yep. so uh, that's that's John Timms and I, I haven't spoken to John um, I've communicated with him once on Facebook and um, so my question is for you Amanda is is it 
is it harder for you watching like for me it always seems that the spectator so the people who are around me handle the cancer a lot worse than i do as in it just seems to affect them a lot more than it does myself and maybe you can answer this one too joel how is it for you amanda and how is it for your family Mm -hmm. um i mean it definitely is like super super difficult um and i think the main reason is because like like joel can focus on Joel and we want him to focus on him. Like it's all about him getting better or fighting. Um, and I don't know. I think it's hard on the outside cause I feel like I should be able to do more. And I think it's really hard feeling like you're not capable to do it. Like you can't fix it. You can't, you know, solve the problem. Like, and it's just a really heavy weight to have to like watch your loved one really suffer and not not be able to really like be able to know how that's going to end. I think that's the hardest thing. I mean like I think my I I I really try to stay away from that pit of like fear and anxiety and what if you know, this happens or that happens or he gets worse or this treatment doesn't work because that, for one thing, I, I can't do anything about that, but also it really can be debilitating as like the person just watching and worrying about that because you see the big picture, like it's very terrifying to just have to imagine life without him and what that would look like. And so I think that can be just an extra weight, even though even as I speak, I feel like that's still nothing to the burden of of carrying the actual disease. So, I mean, like, I don't think we want to, like, I definitely don't like to talk about that very much because I do, I feel almost bad thinking of it as like being heavy because it's always in comparison to the disease. and. And he's having to fight the worst battle in and of itself. So, I mean, it, it's, it's hard. It's just in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. Sense? Absolutely. And, and what about you, Joel? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely observed that I mean, beyond what Amanda was saying, um, every family we've known that's, that's dealt with that has brought up that same issue because you know, someone in your family gets gets a uh, terminal illness, that's the worst thing, you know, maybe that they've experienced. And and just based on that, um, that perspective, you know, if this is the worst thing they've experienced, you have to respect that and, and honor that. And like, I remember I used to work with teenagers and, you know, there, there'd be a teenager who would, um, have just gotten her wisdom teeth out. And, um, you know, so she'd be laid up for an afternoon or maybe a day and acting like this is the worst thing that's ever happened to her. You know, the pain and the, you know, that woozy feeling from the, the drugs. And I used to get so irritated, be like, why, why doesn't this kid realize things could be so much worse? And then it, it occurred to me at some point, like, no, this is literally the worst thing that's happened to this kid so far. So. You have to honor that in somebody else's story like the page they're on this is really bad and so for me like i could become really super cynical and be like yeah you think your day's bad well i've got cancer and like if i play that card like that it's gonna get worn out real fast but um you know if i if i look at what other people are going through be like man this this issue they're dealing with, this financial thing, this other health thing, um, or, you know, in the case of, of, you know, this question, it's like, oh, well, this family member is caring for a sick person. This may very well be the worst thing they've ever had to deal with, and they're carrying a huge weight on their shoulders. Um, And, I mean, I've observed it in Amanda where not only has she had to support me and, 
you know, a couple years solid of just driving me to and from the hospital almost daily. Um, you know, it's the worst thing she's ever had to deal with. And so even though I'm experiencing my worst thing, I'm, I'm watching it happen in her too. It's just, you know, it's the same story told from a different perspective. It's fascinating, man. I, um, just to jump in, the, both of your answers, all three of you, fantastic responses. Um, I really love what you said there about mm-hmm. n- not playing the cancer card. You know, that I think that takes a lot of humility, you know, and uh, there'd be a lot of people that want to wallow in their, in their mm-hmm. pity, and you clearly don't sound like you're wallowing, which is awesome. And so what I want to do now is I wanted mm-hmm. to take you and put you both in a marathon in your mind okay you're you're in you're at mile or kilometers as we use here in australia so let's say you're you're at mile 20 you're, you're at mile 20 and everything hurts my question is do you think that cancer has made you tougher mentally in the in your running not necessarily faster or anything but just tougher oh yeah, well, it definitely had made me faster. Yeah. I, I found that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for me, yeah, mile 20 when everything hurts. Um, I mean, yeah, I'd like to say it's given me a certain amount of grit. Um, it, it, it is definitely among, you know, the thoughts. Um, you know, that yeah. late in a race thinking, come on, Stetler, you've, you've had worse. For sure. Yeah. Are you, um, how about, and so, like, yeah. Sorry, Amanda, go. No, I was just gonna kind of jump in because it's kind of interesting to me because I've noticed for me as a coping mechanism that feeling like pain physically in terms of like from running almost is somewhat therapeutic because like when you hurt on the inside it it's hard to like balance that feeling so distance running for me in a sense like the the difficulty and the pain that your body actually gets put through almost feels like it's somewhat balancing that turmoil that sits inside so that's where I go at like even in training runs but especially in the marathon like when it's really hard it's like I've felt that inside for a while now and at least now I feel like there's an outlet like I can I can balance that when I run and I don't know how healthy that is but for me it really works (laughs) I think it's healthy. It sounds pretty healthy to me, I can tell you. I literally do the same thing. If I can run, it, it deals with a lot of the mental anguish. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. very much. And, and the more it hurts, the better the better it is. Like if I go out and do a, a speed session that really hurts, mm-hmm. or uh, uh, that just makes a much... Yeah, I'm happier afterwards. I've got a bigger smile on my face. Very, yeah. That's fantastic. I... Um, I, I, I think it's something I heard a, a while ago, someone, something to the effect of, I may have read it in a book, I can't remember, it was one of these things that's just floating around in my brain, but um, you, when you go for a run, um, it gives you an opportunity to deal with your, whatever's going on in your head, and uh, you're, you, if you've got some issues, you, by the time you get back from your run, those issues are usually gone. Like, that's how I generally feel. And if, they, if you've still got those issues, you haven't run far enough, you know. So, you know. I've heard that, yeah. yeah. I, I butchered it a little, but, you know, I think maybe, yeah. But, um, no, it's fantastic. And how do you guys train? I'd like to maybe dive into that a little bit. And, and, and for yourself, Joel, and, like, dealing with the cancer treatment and training, that's something that I think a lot of people would find interesting. Yeah, here, I'll, I'll talk kind of schedule, and then, Joel, you can kind of describe how it, it feels for you based on your medication and stuff. We've actually come to a really good balance. Um, it's helpful because my background is in uh, kinesiology, exercise science, and we run and train with a lot of 
friends that know wonderful running coaches. So we've always always gotten like really just like um, science-based programs that are super effective. And I definitely think that helps because you want like the best of the best if you're already like at a disadvantage in terms of yeah. uh, him having to train, being sick and things like that. And that, and so having a good training program where we've been really good about balancing our schedules um, so that uh, we can be with the kids, but each have time for long run trainings and morning trainings and after work trainings. Um, it's just, it's so like inherent in our, our family, like that, like, Kate and Everett, like, we always know we're always going to be running. Yeah. Like, it's no, oh, dad's running, mom's running. Like, um, and so that definitely has helped us be successful. But, Joel, talk about, like, why don't you well, answer about how so you feel, I guess? I, uh, uh, most of my cancer, almost all of my cancer is is in my lungs or, or I guess, on my lungs. And takes up a great deal of my my lung capacity, I guess. But the thing about it is, my particular cancer is uh, slow growing, and so to get to where it is now took quite a bit of time. I mean, I, I was I was seeing that first doctor um, nearly ten years ago now, and. And so it, it grew so slow, I never noticed, like, hey, today I can't breathe as well. Yeah. Um, but I can tell you that a, uh, you know, a four-hour marathon pace seems so much less attainable now than it did nine years ago. Mm-hmm. Um and and it feels way more due to that than to just aging because I've aged otherwise fine, I guess. Um, but nowadays, when I run um, the speed work, especially you know doing doing intervals, um, I remember uh, like just this week we were on treadmills at the gym together. Um, Amanda was on one next to me and noticed. Um, you know, when I was taking a breather, she's like, Hey, are you okay? And she was looking all concerned and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm just resting. But apparently I, my resting periods are so much more dramatic than they used to be. Dramatic. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Stop being dramatic. Now now I get self-conscious when I stop and breathe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but then one one big thing I've noticed that's drastically different from before cancer is recovery. Um, yeah. So it takes like twice as long now um, to you know get over the soreness, get over the stiffness, and um, if there's any injury. Um, like I remember my doctor told me when I went on my current treatment, my doctor said, you know, no more tattoos because you're not going to heal from them, you know, the way you should. Wow. And, um, which like, I found that out when I got another tattoo and it took like twice as long to heal. But the same thing goes for just muscle recovery. And, um, and so we definitely have to like work around that and factor that into decisions about, well, am I going to do, what the paper says I should do, or are we going to modify it because I'm just not recovering well? So what, yeah, that, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And I imagine, um, I know for myself and my own training, um, I'm really, I have a big emphasis on my diet because if, and if, when you, especially when you start running a lot and really mm-hmm. you get wiped out if you don't eat the right food to recover. Um, so I imagine you've got to really, be mm-hmm. pretty careful about your diet as well, even more so, you know, to make sure that you're eating. Is mm-hmm. that true, would you say? Yeah, I would definitely say that, like, he's definitely, I mean, just overall, he's a lot more healthy now. Like, I mean, cancer kind of does that to you um, to a degree. But um, he, like, he's actually gone on, like, you've, I enjoy you can talk about this sorry but like different types of diets just because like sometimes like really sugary carbs like with the medication he's on it really like can cause a lot of like stomach 
backed up. And like, I know like with different medications, there's mouth sores and, and different kind of, it's just really like issues with digestion. And any runner knows like you actually want sugar, you want carbs when you're running. So it's kind of this like balance we've had to do where I've always had, because I help them with this nutrition just because of my background. And it's this balance of, okay, let's try to like, have a little more fat and protein versus all the like simple carbohydrates. But at the same time, like how can we get these simple carbohydrates in you so you can have the energy to run? Yeah. <clears throat> That's a, a pretty amazing. What do you think, Ash? Is that, is that something that you take more attention to these days? Uh, I would suggest that, you know, like I'm on regular medication um, I'm in hospital regularly for treatment and mm-hmm. I would suggest that the biggest medication that I take every day is food and uh, if that's not if that's not right uh, everything else is is wrong and um, I know that, like last year when I was really trying to to get back to running after having the experimental treatment that I had um, I, I was waking up on the side of the road um, uh. and that's that's not great because you know like I'm going out for a run and then I'm blacking out and as it is oh like my. I, blacked out, I blacked out in a race this year and ended up going off a small cliff, um, oh. and um, which is a whole another story. But um, yeah, so if, if I then spent a lot of time working with a team to get nutrition so that I could run um, mm. because I just feel mm. mentally and physically better after I've run. And mm-hmm. um, I can't eat, for me, I, I can't drink or eat uh, meat anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so because of my tumors are in, well, a lot of my tumors are in my liver and, in, and intestine. And so mm-hmm. that, that uh, creates big problems. And to, to give you some idea, I mean, it, it's what, 1.30 p.m. here in, in Australia. I haven't eaten today because I just can't. It's... Um, uh. It, it hurts too much. Like it physically mm. hurts to eat. So, yeah, it's um, so uh, like I'll have days like this where I just can't eat, and then tomorrow I should be fine. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I've just got to be careful. So, yeah, that's how nutrition has affected me. Mm. Amazing. Yeah, um, that's just yeah. The diet is so important, even for the healthiest of, of athletes, and so. Yeah, I, I think it's important to definitely put in the recovery. And but so, yeah, I can't imagine Ash, you um, not even being physically able to eat. So I don't know, man. Got to get yeah. yeah. But um, I wanted to ask yeah. you both, uh, Amanda and Joel. So with the New York City Marathon coming up very soon, what are your goals mm-hmm. for that race? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you have any particular goals? I'll start with Joel, maybe. Or mutual goal. <laughs> so uh, goal. I. I mean, I want to get my first ever really decent race photo. Uh, <laughs> they always get me an really unfortunate part of my stride that's really unflattering. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, I'm I'm happy to go and finish. You know, I mean, in a time comparable to what I just did in San Francisco, um, and I mean, the way things are going, I I feel like, you know, that's definitely possible. Even make it a little bit quicker. The problem is, I really like New York City and may want to just kind of walk it for a while. Who knows? Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I want to be smiling when it's over. Um, and you know mm-hmm. make some friends i always like find people to talk with in a race and um again you know be the cool story someone has to tell um so yeah, yeah. make some friends and mm-hmm. you know be memorable for somebody make make somebody mm-hmm. glad they met you sort of thing so basically have a good time not just get a good time mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah also, I want yes. to make it there on time because I hear things get really hairy on the subway before the race, and I just I want to make it to the starting line. Yeah, that's um, and that's a good goal to try and get to the starting line. Um, Amanda, what do you do? You have a similar goal? What do, what do you are you going to run together or are you going to run your own race? 
Um, this race will probably run together. I'm actually also running the California International Marathon um, in December. It's just four weeks after New York. So oh, well. I, I thought it was just, yeah, I thought it was perfect, though, because I'm going to try for a PR in that marathon. And so we're going to just have fun in New York City and get to make a memory together, run it together. Um, yeah. do something that a lot of people are never able to do because that race is so hard to get into. Yeah. And then, like, really, my my biggest goal for this was really to just bring that attention to that foundation that gave us the opportunity to run this race, who uh, gave us the race bid, the Brave Light Gabe uh, Charity Foundation, um, that that's what they do. They raise money to fund rare cancer research, the cancers that don't get a lot of attention because there's hardly any people with them. And sadly, people with cancers like that, they just kind of are just left, you know, and the, the doctors literally have said to Joel and me countless times, well, we just really don't know, like, what this cancer is going to do because we never see it. Well. And, I mean, that's like so terrifying to hear in a doctor's office yeah um when they have when they have no plan and they're i mean literally like they're just like well we'll try this or this or this maybe it'll work so again it just was a perfect pairing for us to be uh able to help station that kind of is trying to shine a light on that and get some attention um because like people with these cancers are people too, you know, we, we definitely want to try to find answers to all of these diseases, even the rare ones. So it's Brave Like Gabe, is that correct? Correct. So yeah, well, like, Brave well, um, Like Gabe. Is there like, maybe at the, at the end of this, you can just send us a link that we, if there's, so we'll share it mm -hmm. in the show notes. Um, so if anyone, I don't know if anyone here in Australia can help in terms of, is it, I guess this fundraising is always an issue. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. Yeah. Well, we can we can spread that through our our audience as well, and um, you know it is hopefully just one. You know, every little bit helps, doesn't it? And so. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. That would yeah. be great. Yeah, no, for sure. It's our, our pleasure. And um, no, and I, um, yeah. So I didn't ask specifically. I, I mean, the, the I keep jumping back to running because I know that's we all like that's the reason why we're here to talk. And I, I mean, I love the whole story. But I wanted to ask you again about the your marathon and your. You said you were going to shoot for a, a, a PR in um, at the next marathon. Mm -hmm. I don't use, I don't like to talk about times too much, but you know what? So what sort of time would you be shooting for? Well, I want it to have a three in front of it. Nice. There you go. <laughs> I'm Excellent. trying to, yeah, for sure. So the faster, the better with the three in front of it. I'll be super, super happy with. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Now it's good to run fast. I think um, the good news is if you're going to run New York together, from everything I've heard, it's quite a, uh, a difficult race like they're going over the bridges is quite they're quite long like over the brooklyn bridge and stuff like that quite steep and can slow you down quite a bit so it's not a good not a good pr course so to speak no yeah, yeah that that is true and what's nice is the california international marathon that i'm running it's like it has a net uh loss of um of what do you call it? like it's of altitude correct yeah, yeah so yeah. like you're primarily going downhill almost the whole race so it's kind of the opposite it's like the best race for a pr great so maybe yeah. maybe new york city yeah. marathon is going to be like a great long run and just a, like a nice exactly yeah. yeah it's like our training run which sounds That's horrible right. saying That's, that yeah <laughs> no training prep it's fantastic yeah um and can i ask um Sorry, I'm, I'm hogging all the questions here because I'm excited. Um, I like to... I, <laughs> and um, so, Joel, you're, do you want to... Are you going to keep doing marathons after this? You've got any other races in the near future? Yeah, I mean, there's always something yeah. um, that, that looks attractive. Um, Amanda ran the, uh, the Big Sur Marathon this last year, and... 
that one looked really cool because of how difficult it was and how scenic it was. Yeah. Um, but I've always been, like, there's always been that ultra marathon thing that I wanted to cross off my list. And that's why I did that 32 miles on my 32nd birthday. It was like, yeah. I wanted to be able to say I did one. And there, you know, the opportunity came up. And so I did that like on my own, but I mean, man, I'd really love to get in on an actual race where there's, you know, other people doing it too. Um, so whether it's, you know, 50 K or whatever, I just, I, I love the, uh, the vibe you get from the ultra running, you know, the trail running community. Yeah. Um, it's like, uh, you stumble on somebody's backyard barbecue but they're glad you showed up yeah um that's what like going to a trail run event is and all the people are so great and uh so you know spending time with people that make you happy and that crowd is you know they're infectious and happy so definitely something along those lines well you should go ahead and do it you should sign up for one ash Ashley's um, probably would say the same. We both we both run ultras, mm-hmm. and um, I'm gonna go ahead and say Ash has probably done more ultras than me, and and uh, and he's and I'm I'm supposed to be the healthy one, and <laughs> <laughs> so dude, so is the ultra running community in Australia is that like big and thriving over there? Uh, it um, certainly is. So I started I started ultra running here in. I think my first race was in 2006 or 2007. And um, basically, I think in that race, there might have been 70 or 80 people. And uh, the, the most recent races that I've done, there's been 500, 600 plus. And you can do, I mean, there's an ultra race this weekend that originally I was going to be pacing in. Um, I've pulled out of that now. But... Um, yeah, like this. there is literally an ultra run every single weekend, yeah. and you, if oh, we man. could put them on, you could actually, like as I said to a, a race director um, just recently, we're going to have to start putting races on Tuesday and Thursday to be able to fit it in, so that you can do Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday wow. to fit in all the ultras. There's just that wow. many now. There are quite a lot. So we could just hop on a plane and end up. At a race in Australia, pretty much any absolutely, and, and you'll get the same okay. welcoming vibe that you get at the trail, like what you described with the trail running community. It's the same here in Adelaide, Australia. Like we have, yes, like and Ashley is up in up near Brisbane, and you know we have these incredible communities. We had an event here in Adelaide because we've got these really nice hills, really close to the city, full mm. of trails, like miles and miles and miles of trails. Um, we're coming into the warmer weather now, so we've got quite there are quite a few snakes around, but you know that just yeah. makes life more exciting. You know, <laughs> makes you run faster. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, it's great. I mean, I'm doing a 100k race in three weeks, and um, if all things wow. going well for Ash, he's doing a 100k in about two weeks. So you know, like yep. yeah. So there's wow. Oh, but mind you, I would love to. There's a few big races over there in um, in America that I'd love to do. You know, like always. I'm, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Western. You would have heard of it, Western States 100. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely. That's like my dream race. So, um, <laughs> but you know, very difficult to qualify for it, and um, uh-huh. and, and, and then you can qualify, but then still not get an entry. You know, so it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, it's a different kind of experience. Like a marathon, it's sort of like you're, you're done by lunchtime, you know? But with an ultra, mm-hmm. you, you get to be in amongst all that, that pain and suffering <laughs> yeah. all day and night sometimes. So it's, um, it's a different experience. It's a, but yeah. yeah. But it's, yeah. I, it's In an ultra, you get to have breakfast, lunch, dinner, and breakfast. <laughs> you know, we, we actually had a buddy run, I think it was the Western State, or American Rivers, anyway, some big 100-mile race, and, and um, he was telling us about it, and the thing that was most memorable to me was him talking about the food they handed out at those ultras, and like, 
you know, people giving whole pies to them on, on the run. It's like that, if anything, is a great reason to go trail running is, you know, big old bowls of ice cream and pie and, you know. <laughs> well, I, I recently did an ultra here um, called the Guzzler, and I did the 50K event. I wasn't ready for 100Ks at that point. And uh, a mate that I've had since I think we were four years old, and we still run together now, um, so that's it's over 40 years that we've been, you know, trekking up in the bush together. And um, he did the 100K, and he got served steak and potatoes at one of the oh. remote aid stations. Oh, my God. They actually, they actually said to him, how would you like your steak, medium, rare, or well done? And they cooked him that. And I think he still had 30 Ks to go. Um, oh. And he had steak. Oh, that just gave him chills. I gave you chills. I don't know if I could handle that because in my very first marathon, I was at mile 20, 20 ish, and this kid reaches out uh, a fistful of Twizzlers candy and hands it to me. And I broke down. I was weeping, thanking this child for his candy. And because I, I know, after, after like 17 miles, I lose my ability to control my emotions, I guess. And so. I can't imagine what I would do coming around a corner and someone offering me steak. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so good. The, um, yeah, I, I, I think it was pretty special. Like the photo that came through, because, you know, like I was following him. I finished the race ages earlier. And um, he was just sending me messages every so often when he'd get back into, because there's not cell phone reception everywhere here. Mm-hmm. And um, he'd just send me a message, you know, like when he was on the peak of a mountain. And the next next minute I get this message, which is steak and potatoes. This is what I've just eaten. It's just like, whoa, like that's a serious aid station. Wow. We, um, there's a race here in South Australia, which is sort of right in the middle of the, uh, the Australian outback. Like, it's in um, a place called uh, oh, in the Flinders Ranges, and it's um, the Hubert 100. And there's an aid station that's at the ha- about the halfway point, and it's literally like I want you to think of the most cliched Australian setting you can think of, like kangaroo- <laughs> kangaroos bouncing around, you know, eucalyptus trees, lots of red dirt, and you- you've been running through that for hours and hours. And then you come into this little, like, um, oasis, and there's like there were these guys there, and they had they had music playing like really loud. Just two guys running this aid station, and they had these huge, um, big reclining chairs, and they called it the Tem- <laughs> Temptation Station. And so you just sit in the shade, and you put the chairs up. Now you know have coke, have you know pizza. <laughs> And we're just sitting back, and I was like, oh, I still got like 50 kilometers to go. And um, it was just, it's glorious. I, could, I was like, you know what? If I DNF'd right now, it'd be okay. You know, very tempting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what you just described, I remember watching that on TV years ago. It was on like Survivor or uh, maybe on Big Brother. And the contestants had won a prize. Yeah. that was sponsored by Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> and so they had this set, like all set up, where they had like a fake campfire and like grills and reclining chairs. And they had like Foster's beer out. And I remember being like, yeah, right. That's not how they actually do it in Australia. But that's exactly <laughs> what you just described to me. And now I really want to enter a trail race in Australia, I, I guess. I tell you what, man. You, uh, I'll send you a link to this race. And um, when, you, when you see the photos, it's ma- it's magical. It's, um, yeah. yeah, it's awesome. It's, we, um, where, he, where he's talking about is remote. Like, I'm just trying – like, I've, I've been in the States a little bit, and – the most, the only place that I could think to describe of how remote what Daniel's describing compared with the U.S. would be in the middle of Alaska. Like, oh my god, that, that's how remote it is. Except so, yeah, not it's cold. a long way from nowhere. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's my favorite event. It's my favorite event, and I've done it a couple of times. And um, yeah, it's a good one. And it's like, it, it's very. Um, it's called the Hubert, and I think, yeah, Hubert 100, and they have a 100-mile, 100 100K, and a, a marathon, mm-hmm. and a 50K, and they, um, so it's got everything you need, and, like, it's, the um, area is, uh, 
uh, what do you call it? It's very, it's got a very deep spiritual connection for the Aboriginal people out there. And mm -hmm. so you get, mm -hmm. when, when you arrive, you are, there's a, a welcoming ceremony from the traditional owners, like from the Aboriginal people. And it's, mm -hmm. so it's, it's very cool. Oh man. Yeah. It's, um, you know. So I think, I think we should definitely do this. And I think Amanda and I need to fly out like a good three weeks ahead of time just to acclimate. Uh, yeah. Because Australia sounds really fun right now. Hey, you know, I, I often ask people, and I, this is a bit of a dark, I'm being a bit of a dark sense of humour here, but this is like, you always hear about people's bucket list races. You could make mm -hmm. this a bucket list race, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And it's great. Yeah. But, um, like I say, yeah, really well organised. You know, like, and that's the best thing about this sport. It's it's a beautiful sport. The people, I think it's being out and, and just using your body for for good and not evil. You know, and you're out just mm -hmm, and everyone's mm -hmm. just. It doesn't matter if you're at the front or at the back of the pack. You know, it's it's a joyful experience. Mm -hmm. That's what I try and mm -hmm. get out of it. And I, that sounds like you guys try and do the same thing. And I certainly know Ash does. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It's um, I um really have absolutely loved talking to you guys but we're all, we're actually out of time i've got i uh, have some appointments to head to today um mm -hmm. ash did you have any more questions for amanda or joel none that are going to get answered in two minutes yeah <laughs> no it's been an absolute pleasure talking to both of you guys and i um i'm really really inspired by your um your approach to this whole your this whole thing this cancer business mm -hmm. you know and we, you, mm -hmm. when life gives you lemons you make like the best lemonade you can think of you know so, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah definitely totally. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it sounds um it sounds like you have both got a depth of uh perseverance and grit and um, you're using that to the max and awesome to be raising money for for cancer research. Um, mm -hmm. There's just, yeah, for someone else that's got a rare cancer, um, I know exactly what that's like going and seeing the doctor and they go, well, mm -hmm. we don't really have anything left in the bag of tricks. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. We could try this, but it probably won't work. Um, yeah. I've certainly been there very recently and... Um, yeah, when they say that, you go, all right, okay. And, and yeah, in, in my situation, um, I, I get frustrated from the point of view that I just keep offering more and more and, and bigger and bigger uh, pain medication, and I go, that's not the solution I'm looking for. Um, yeah. Right. But it, that's, you know, the fact is that's what they've got left because the research mm -hmm. hasn't found anything yet. And so, the, you know, the more people can donate to medical research, the more we will discover cures, and it may not help me, but um, it certainly could help someone in the future. So I thank you very much for mm -hmm. raising money and through the, that foundation, um, yeah, brilliant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank well, you. and I would encourage anyone to, uh, to look them up, uh, Brave Light Gabe, and learn more about the story behind it. Um, mm -hmm. Because uh, Gabe Grunewald was just like, Amanda kind of introduced me to her story um, before she passed away, and her story was so worth um, researching and emulating, and yeah, there's a reason there are so many people behind it now, mm -hmm. and, and wanting to push for exactly what you were just saying, like, you know, it may not help us now, but we want to, you know, matter on, on, on the pages of that story. Yeah, we yep. want to offer hope. Their their theme is kind of running on hope, and it's true. It's it's a beautiful outlet to to realize that even if they don't have answers now, there's hope out there for other people, and we're not going to stop running and fighting until there are more answers. <clears throat> Wowzers, you guys are perfect. The, all three of you, including you, Ash, you're all bloody incredible, and that's a, that, that, <laughs> I, that's a, like a super positive and inspiring note to end on and um so like thank you thank you thank you so much mm -hmm. yeah so mm -hmm. we'll um we'll say we'll bid farewell to the podcast family from here and so and thank you for coming mm -hmm. onto the show well, thank, thank you. you yeah yeah thank mm -hmm. you hey trail runners 
I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Trail Runners Experience. If you like this podcast and you like what I do here, don't forget to like it, subscribe to it, and share it with your running friends. It really helps the podcast grow when you do that. See you next time on the Trail Runners Experience.